0: Right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.
1: Here's a cool fact: a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact: you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig.
0: Hello and welcome to Secure the Insecure, the podcast where I say it's okay to not be okay. I'm Johnny Seafan Every week I'm joined by one very special guest who's here to educate you in their story. Now joining me this week, you will know a guy on Celebrity X Factor recently, who had been in Love Island called Ealbuka, Booker. But well, I'm not going to give you E.R. Booker. You know his story. I want to give you his brother Tao, because I grew up knowing Tao at school, the year below me. And I always thought he was the real big popular guy of the year below. And then he put a Facebook post out recently that I thought, wow how uh smokes and mirrors how perceptions can change how you think you know someone you're envious of someone but you don't know the real them you're seeing what you see on social media you see that they've got nine thousand followers they're living the good life but actually behind closed doors it's not all that good so i'm delighted to say that tal booker joins me now hello tal hello we're going to talk all about addictions be it love be it alcohol be it drugs but to get to that stage we have to go back to the beginning so take me for your childhood from what i remember it was it was
1: pretty great um you know grew up one of three for a long time my little sister came along had a lovely family home had holidays uh, everything that you could want really then school started and that's when kind of things changed for me school was a really not a fun time for me
0: but you looked like you were having the time of your life i saw you <laughs> with the pot of kids in the corner i remember your position you knew that anyone would know if you're
1: going near there you're going to your zone I don't. I do. You know what? It's funny because I really don't remember it like that. I told you how much time I spent in a toilet cubicle, because I just, uh you know, there. I was, I was friends with the year above me, and so uh, most of my friends were in the year above me, and a lot of people in my year, um, I felt didn't like me. Um, I, I, I think you know the girls thought I was, I was this good-looking person. I I felt the the guys didn't like me. Um, Because you're this good looking person? Yeah, yeah, really. And I think, and I was very shy. Um, You know, I I had the most terrible social anxiety um, and didn't really feel comfortable talking to people. And I think a lot of the time that stuff came off as arrogance as well, which, you know, I'm I'm the least arrogant person. Um, And a lot of feedback that I got at that time was that people thought I was really up myself. Um, you know and I appreciate it might have come across that way but in, my reality was completely different so what were you doing in the toilet when you were I there? was, I was just being by myself I was being by myself I was waiting for you know my friends in the year above to come out of assembly or you know, just to be available. And I was I was hiding. I was hiding from socialising. I'd arrive at school a little bit early. I'd walk myself straight into the toilet, sit there, wait there for half an hour, come out, go to lesson. You know, the break would come around, um, depending on the day of the week. I guess my friends in the year above me would be around. If they weren't, I'd go straight back to the cubicle, sit there, wait there for another half an hour, come back, hang around with my friends. And and I think the safest time for me at school was in lesson because at that time I knew I didn't need to Socialize. You know, I was a good student. I was, some might even say, teacher's pet. And I liked being told what to do and I could just get on with it. It was the before and after that I really, really struggled with.
0: And then you get to 20 years old and you decide, (laughs) right, I'm done living in a family setting with mum and dad. I'm going to go and move out with my brothers and live independently.
1: And then that all changed for you, really. I think for me, that was really when I thought, you know what, I can do whatever I want to do started smoking a lot of weed had friends over every night of the week but that made you sociable then? It did make me sociable, but then it, it was when everyone left and when I was, you know, left on my own that, you know, the smoking didn't stop. I'd isolate myself completely and it it wasn't an instant thing. It crept up on me and it was very gradual. You know, the smoking started being a sociable thing, being a way for me to connect with people, to be funny, to zone out, to watch films, to do all of that stuff. And it, it stopped being that. I was in my own little world and, you know, relationships came and went and throughout all of that, the only thing that stayed was... Was weed for me did you know how to hold on to a relationship I-, I thought i did i thought i did yeah it's true what they say that you know you can't really have a relationship with someone until you love yourself and i i was very much a victim of that because you know I, I didn't love myself and i had these relationships with people that you know fundamentally you know i loved these girls and i and i loved them i loved them hard they also made me feel better about myself not telling me things i wanted to hear or whatever but just making me feel wanted you know, i had people telling me you know how beautiful my girlfriends were or you know they're so great they're this they're that and that was all that's all external esteem for me that all was all stuff that came externally that made me feel feel better about myself and I really struggled to be on my own because I didn't have that distraction of someone else and you know focusing on other people and losing myself in other people really is what it comes down to. When the relationships came to an end I had no idea who I was on my own no idea so most recently the beginning of this year when when my last relationship came to an end I was completely sideswiped by the situation that happened and I had no idea who I was and frankly I didn't want to find out either so i lost myself you know to say i went off the rails is an understatement i didn't even know there were rails towards the end of my relationship i thought i was at rock bottom and rock bottom had a trap door that when whatever happened happened you know if i if if i if i could feel any lower and any less about myself than I was in for a treat. I didn't know it was possible. I didn't know I could go that low. I didn't know I could feel that betrayed, really. I was really unwell. I was really unwell for 4 years. I was really unwell mentally, unwell. And one thing led to another. I you know, I was I was cheated on essentially. I mean, if I didn't if I didn't feel good enough then, then God did I not feel good enough after that. I was going to say when
0: you've been looking for that sense of belonging to then be cheated on and know there's someone as a better option. Yeah. How does that make you going
1: forward
0: know how to trust someone else again when you've it, had to build it, that it, trust it... up
1: so much and that trust
0: is so important to you and fundamental to the way that you are.
1: You know, I I'm very much a, I like rules. So if I'm in a relationship, no matter what stuff is going on I will stick to those fundamental rules of a relationship. I will not cheat. I will be honest. I will be there for you as much as I'm physically able to be. But I think for me, the real lesson is that actually you never know what someone's thinking. You never know what someone's thinking. You never know what's going on in someone's head. As much as they tell you, as much as you think you know, you don't know. It's a big part of knowing my self-worth as well that actually I deserve more than that. All my downfalls, all my shortcomings, as a human being, I deserve to be treated better. I can't be intimate with someone that I don't have that connection with. So meeting someone on on a fleeting night out with spending three hours drunkenly talking to them in a a smoking area is not going to do it for me.
0: Let's talk about your journey, how you ended up having to be sober.
1: So I guess I started smoking weed from maybe 17. And you know, looking back, it was very clear that I was an addict, that I am an addict. But at that time, it didn't cross my mind. You know, I was just someone that enjoyed smoking weed. It was something that I enjoyed, something that, in my opinion, didn't have a negative effect on my life. And it was something that I enjoyed doing. Cut forward maybe six years after the breakup of my first serious girlfriend was when I tried coke for the first time. It was a New Year's Eve. I was with friends and I was in a pretty dark place and actually I thought you know what the weed isn't going to do it for me anymore the weed you know as everyone knows the weed is kind of a downer it, it you know it 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 zones you out it brings you into yourself I needed something different I needed something that's going to you know that's going to turn me into someone that enjoyed partying someone that could speak to people someone that could socialize and have fun in between my my two long term relationships where and again, for me, I just saw it I just saw myself as someone that was just having fun and cut forward again another two years to the breakup of my last relationship. you know I thought what I thought I was going to achieve from that was you know was social benefits, you know it was going to make me work harder, work faster, socialize more um and you know two months two months on an, on a crazy, crazy binge it it brought me to my knees. I was bankrupt in every single way. I was emotionally bankrupt. I was physically bankrupt. I was financially bankrupt. I was, you know, it's... I was I was committing suicide, slowly. Do you think it could have ended in suicide? Absolutely, you know, and... By the end of it, I had two options. I had get help or or take my own life that th- th- at the end of it those are my those are my two options and throughout that time it crossed my mind every single day and you know thankfully i never i never took steps towards that but it was it was certainly on my mind a lot why do you think you didn't take those steps because i didn't want to die i didn't want to live but i didn't want to die i didn't want to die because you know logically I'm a, I'm a very lucky person. I have an incredible family. That's ultimately why it never happened is because of my family. There's been a suicide in my family. My cousin Gil took his own life when he was 19 years old. And for a long time I I could never see myself living past 19 because in my eyes if, if Gil couldn't if Gil couldn't do it then how the hell could I do it? Um but you know 19 came and went, 21 came and went, 22, 23, 24 25 um, and there I was at 26 almost 26 at a dead end what I thought was a dead end um, you know at my rock bottom I was desperately lonely I was desperately sad um, and I just I didn't want to do it anymore whatever it was I just didn't want to do it yeah but I couldn't bear the thought of leaving my family and the, and the devastation that I'd leave behind. Because you know, as cliche as it is, it's a it's a permanent solution to a temporary problem. So you started to seek help. How did you know that help was what you needed next? I you know I didn't know it was what I ne- I didn't know the kind of help that I got was what I needed. I just knew I needed something. You know, I'd I'd i would i would throughout my life i've seen a lot of therapists i've been on antidepressants i've you know done cbt i've done homeopathy i've done acupuncture i've done all this stuff but nothing worked and i needed something that was that was going to save me i needed to know how to save myself and that is thank god that is what i got do you believe that there
0: was a reason? Because uh, we we always say everything happens for a reason. What reason do you think it was, was that you were able to live and start again?
1: What's your role that you're playing in the world right now? Oh, it's a good question. Um, I think I'm just... I, I don't know if I know that role at the moment. All I know is now is that I feel a duty not only to myself but to other people to let them know that you know it's okay to not be okay and all of that stuff but it's not okay to not ask for help because you know if you don't ask for help how's anyone going to know that you need it like you said it's all well and good looking from the outside but you never really know what someone's going through and and for me as well there's a preconceived idea of who an addict is and it's not someone that's sleeping on your local park bench in a plastic bag that's frothing at the mouth, begging on the street. That is not that is not the modern day addict. And if anyone is the modern day addict, it's me. Who is you? Who is me? I don't know. I'm still trying to figure it out. Do you know who you want to be? I know who I don't want to be. Who don't you want to be? I don't want to be the person that 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 I have been. And that is what? That is a sick a sick person and I don't mean sick in in like a you know a disgusting way I mean sick as in an unwell person and you know the disease of addiction is something that I have to live with for the rest of my life but you know it's not curable but it's manageable Um, and at this moment in time I'm managing it and I'm working very hard to manage it and please, God, I will continue to manage it for the rest of my life. And if there's anything I know, it's that it's that, it's that that I need to make decisions every day to keep myself well. And to get to a level of happiness at some point. To get to a level of happiness, but, you know, I think... Do you want to be happy? Of course I want to be happy. Doesn't Do you everyone? Think you,
0: you, uh, yes, but a lot of people don't think they can get to that euphoria of happiness, which isn't just a moment it's a period no it's not
1: it's not a moment it's not a moment at all it's a state of mind it's you know happiness is a journey because you know someone can be fundamentally happy but they can have bad days when they're not but you know it's it depends on where your your middle ground is where you reset to when you reset you know my natural state the past probably 20 years of my life has been a state of of sadness and i don't know why but my natural state when I'm not doing stuff, when I'm not in a relationship, when I'm not, you know, I don't have the job that I want or when all these things, my natural state is that of of sadness and that of less than. I think that, you know, the program that I'm working, the program of NA or AA or CA or whatever program it is, This 12, this 12 step program is one that you know if works right will lead you to happiness okay what would you tell your 14 year old self when you were back in those toilets now now that you've <laughs> lived this life get out the toilet socialize be confident in yourself and and you know don't care about what anyone thinks about you because as we know everyone's everyone's dealing with their own stuff you know i you know i'm no better or no worse than anyone else and you know my problems are no more or no less than anyone else and you never know what's going on behind closed doors um i would i'd tell myself to enjoy it i'd tell myself to stop being so anxious about everything stop trying to control things that you can't control and looking ahead 10 years where do you want your 36 year old self to be i'd like to be 10 years clean Um, I'd like to have a family I'd like to have kids I'd like to have you know a career that I'm proud of I'd like to have my family around me just to be to be doing alright you know it's not it's not about financial stuff or you know fame or any of that stuff it's just to know that it's to have no regrets really and to not let any opportunity pass me by because you know I was I was, uh, to be quite frank, I was I was dead on the inside for a long time. And, you know, things came and went and people came and went and opportunities came and went. And I was blind to it because of all this stuff that I had going on inside my own head. You know, it's like wearing the darkest pair of sunglasses in the day. You know, there's, you're not going to see everything.
0: It's been Tao Booker on Security and Security. If you like what you had, please do like the podcast, rate the podcast and subscribe to the podcast. Make sure you tell a friend because it's so important, you know, what Tao was talking about, about love addictions, about treatment, about sobriety, about being in people's shadows, about social anxiety, are so many common themes that we all face, yet we never talk about it. I've been Johnny for Until next time, thank you and goodbye.